this will never air. Oh, thank you, Hangouts, for giving me these notifications from several hours ago. That's that's nice. Hey, at least you're not getting this morning's emails. Mm. My uh, previously uh, fairly reliable Twitter client has started puking on direct messages. So I'm, I'm trying to find a suitable one and uh, failing so far. Well, the solution is to be like me and not have any friends who DM you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Whenever I get a DM, it's just like, what? What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> is this some sort of email? <laughs> it's like a text message, but... Yeah, see, all of my cool friends DM me all the time. My last DM was April 12th, 2016. <laughs> and it was from uh, a brand, so... <laughs> brand. <laughs> You were you were getting help for a problem. Oh, yeah, Aaron so it, is actually the last person to have DM'd me. Nice. He's the last yeah, actual see, I, person I, to have DM'd me. I I have uh, DMs from some uh, mildly internet famous people. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. It really is. Why are Windows 10's emojis cartoonish and vulgar? I don't know that I've seen them. Oh. Just go into the Twitter app, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I use TweetDeck, but... They tend to have these exaggerated black outlines that makes them look very cartoony as a result. Um, the, the, which the Android or when, which which OS were you talking about? Windows Ten. Oh, the emoji situation. Windows Windows, <laughs> Windows Mobile six point five. Windows. Has hey, no... I know somebody who who buys Windows Mobile phones on purpose. That's concerning. Yeah, well, it's the president of the Autocross Club. Hmm. How how do you even use emoji on Windows? How do you do it? I have no idea. That's I, why I don't do it. I don't know that you can, but they still show it, up when other people do. Right. Yeah, it, emoji and special characters in in my tweets or on Slack are how you can tell what platform I'm using. As if they're there, I'm on my phone. How do I use emoji on Windows 10? You just don't closed. You, you just use the built-in software keyboard. Well, I did that. Um, See, like Twitter seems to have a little emoji picker here. Are are you on the Twitter site itself? I'm on the I'm on the Twitter app. The the um the native modern Twitter desktop Windows Store app. Oh. Uh no. No thank you. Yeah, I know. I I what other choice do I have? Uh, anything? 
Is there a site? Tweet Deck? Mm. I mean, Deck still a thing? I I've got it open on two computers right now. Mm. It is uh, frequently updated. In fact, I've uh, I've got a notification on one of the computers that it wants to update. Oh, was it meant to be their platform for brands? <coughs> sure, why not? Of course, you know it. It says there. There's an update button. All it does is refresh the window. Oh, sorry, update tweet deck. Yes, there we go. Okay, I give up. I can't do emoji on Windows. <laughs> I just can't. Tweet deck for Windows was shut down April 15th. Yeah. So now you have to use the web version. Hmm. Yeah. Fine. That's what I was talking about. Hmm. All right, Andrew, so let's talk about your car. Okay. Go ahead. uh, Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar. Um. I, I have one. Let's talk about the eco car. The mm-hmm. so was it a Camaro? It is. That I understand you ruined. In some <laughs> way. Uh, I wouldn't characterize it in that way, but well, it's you been, wouldn't. It's been heavily modified. <laughs> so my big question is: uh, Is it? completely electrical driven or is it some kind of electrical assist or no it's it's a hybrid so it's it can run it can run fully on electric power but it also can run on e85 mm-hmm. so the the e85 provides extra range and extra boost in certain modes mostly extra range though but is the engine connected to the drivetrain Yes, it is. To the wheel. Okay. Yep. How does that work? Uh, There is basically a differential turned sideways in front of the actual differential for the rear axle, and that's what we use to combine the electric motor and the engine. Is it the original engine? No. No, it's a smaller... Because it came with a V6, and we put a four-cylinder in it. Well, that's all I really wanted to know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to help. (laughs) Well, I just wasn't sure. My understanding is, like, the uh, Toyota... Whatever it is. The Prius. Prius. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the Toyota and all the hybrids. The Toyota, yeah. Has, is, which, which, which Pri are you talking about? Has, Prius, the Prius C, the Prius V, the Prius Prime? Are, are we it? going all the way back to the episode where I made a fool of myself? Oh, I don't know. Are we? I don't remember that one. Well, you know, I know everything about the Prius. Hmm. Well, anyway, you were saying the Prius. I, yeah, I don't know which one. I can't remember what they're called to start with. So, um, well, we'll go with just the Prius then. My understanding <laughs> is that 
it is complete. It's one hundred percent electricity driven. The engine only provides charging for the batteries. Or that is or not true. Boost. I don't think that's the case with any Prius. They they all are. The, the conceit of the Prius and sort of the clever thing about it is the way that they integrated the engine and the electric motors together to provide power to the wheels. Okay. So it is possible for the for the Prius engine to drive the, the vehicle. Okay. It usually doesn't, though. Right. Well, that's not true. Because in, like, a Prius hybrid, the vehicle can only be driven on electric power up to maybe 50 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So above that, you have to use the engine. But the Prius Prime, which is the plug-in hybrid, can uh, be driven at any speed on electric power. It just depends on how big the motors are and how big the batteries are. So how did you find all the space to put everything in there? Like, <laughs> I mean... Well, let's start with how many electric motors do you have? Uh, two. One big one and one little one. One is, the big one actually drives the car, and the little one is what we use. It's connected to the engine in a configuration that's called a belted alternator starter, and we use that to um, generate electricity and then also occasionally to boost uh, during, like, acceleration. Yeah, so we have we have two motors, and uh, yeah, so like for example, our motor is our our main motor is placed where half of the fuel tank originally was, so our fuel capacity is a lot smaller than the original. It's only eight point six gallons, which is why our range is not that good. It's like two hundred miles compared to you know you'd expect three hundred or maybe even 400, depending on the car and the size of the tank. But we're also limited as to how big of a tank we can put in anyway, so it is what it is. So what about batteries? The batteries take up a lot of the trunk, but not all of it. There's still room for like a carry-on-sized luggage. But... So the trunk of the Camaro is already pretty small, and yet we still managed to stuff in some batteries, mostly by um, putting them kind of under the trunk, the floor pan of the trunk, and then towards the back of the trunk, which is to say close to the rear seats. So you said the smaller motor is connected by a belt to the engine. Mm-hmm. What is the larger motor doing? The larger motor is connected with a shaft to the rest of the drivetrain. So that's it's teed in basically with the motor with the engine and then that goes to the rear axle. So, so if you imagine a normal, you know, like as they say north to south drivetrain, you have your engine up front and then a shaft, and then the differential in the back and the rear axle. We basically chopped that kind of in half and put a sideways differential and then connected the motor to that. And it actually kind of works. 
<laughs> kind of works. <laughs> it's not um, the differential that we're using for that is not really designed for that application, but it has been working well with no problems. So does the smaller motor do does it provide any power or is it only for starting or yeah it can it can provide some power it's a pretty small thing it's only i know what it is in kilowatts but it's 32 kilowatts oh it's it's 42 horsepower so it's kind of beefy and it it it's where it is belted in is the crankshaft of the engine so if it spins the crankshaft then it's spinning the output of the engine through the transmission so that goes directly to the rear wheels so we do use that um, a little bit in fast accelerations Hmm. but mostly we use it just to do start and stop because you can start and stop the engine really quickly with this motor, which is much beefier than a conventional starter motor. So, you know, you can crank the engine in less than a second. Harold, do you have any questions for Andrew? <laughs> um, like my thesis examination. Mostly, mostly, <laughs> mostly referring to the car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, was the, the per- person who purchased the car for the project required to grow a mullet? Uh, well, we didn't purchase it, so no. Hmm. Hmm. Gonna have to think about that. Yeah, it was donated. <laughs> That's weird. It, I mean, don't, uh, don't most, most school projects involve, a uh, several tens of thousands of dollars of, uh, Purchase just for one piece. Um, yeah, but not ours. We spend our mm. thousands of dollars on other parts, like wow. the motors and so on. <laughs> you're you're supposed to spend everything on one piece and then not be able to complete it. Yeah, like yeah. That's we figured out that that's a bad strategy. So mm. Mm. we don't do that. It might we might be why I can't finish my airplane project. Bought all the screens for the seats first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a wing. That's important. Mm. Yeah, maybe two. Mm. Well, I mean, depends on the size of the wing. Yeah, I suppose. There's that whole flying wing thing. Yeah. So what's the next step with the car? Is it done or... No, it's it's basically getting refined. So, like, it, it looks finished, and it, um, like, mechanically and electrically is finished, but the, like, drive quality of it, the feel, is really rough. So it's got a lot of uh, herky-jerkiness to it and things like that that we have to basically smooth out, calibrate out. So an example of this is one thing that's actually pretty hard to do with electric vehicles or with electric motor driven vehicles is the creep torque that you get from a automatic um, mm. a traditional automatic car with an internal combustion engine which is just where you let off the brake and it moves very slowly that's not something that happens naturally in an 
electric car. So you have to artificially give it that command, but electric motors at very low speeds like that can be very herky-jerky and not very smooth just because it's such a low speed. So getting that right is a challenge. Hmm. You know what I've heard is really smooth? Mm. Steam power. (laughs) Mm. Maybe you can integrate that in some way. You know, I feel like they tried that back in the early 1900s. and But did they try it on a Camaro? Well, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I mean, we'd fit a steam generator. Well, I, the, the main thing is that this digital is no good. You're putting oh, in steam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Referenced, acknowledged. Well, thank you. <clears throat> So for some reason, something that's entered our uh, chats lately seems to be people looking up their genetics. Yeah, evidently. I mean, yeah, I'm not a part of this, but... That seems really sudden to me. Yeah, it seems like, what, at least two people have done it? They do the little thing. I guess you spit in a test tube, and then they they can intuit your family history from that. Or at least the... Uh, nationality of what you ate. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> I, I recall it was three. Yeah. 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 Where'd that pig come from? It's interesting. I would I would consider doing it at some point. I was I've been working on making a family tree, so finding that out would be finding all that. Um genealogical information would be actually pretty interesting and go along with that. Would that help you with finding your family tree? I mean, it wouldn't help with finding like members of the family tree, but it would give, you know, eventually you just reach a point where there are no more records. So that sort of fills in the gap. It's like, who knows who came before, but they were probably from, you know, Central Europe or whatever it gives you a better idea of, and you know, I, I feel like every family always has those claims of like, oh, such and so's, you know, great grandfather was part Indian of some some sort, you know, it, you can then validate that as well and be like, you know, were they making that up? <laughs> yeah, finding out uh, how how much you're. Uh, family lies about what they are is, I mean, that's just a bad road to go down. Well, <laughs> you can't close those doors. Yeah. For some reason, uh, my stepmom has gotten in, gotten it into her head that, uh, we're Czech. And I, I don't know who told her that, but mm-hmm. it, it's fairly firmly established that, uh, the- my my dad's family is 100% German. Yeah, that doesn't track with, you know, your last name and mm-hmm. and the history of peoples who emigrated to Minnesota. Yeah. Well, yeah, there there have to be outliers everywhere, but well, sure. and t- technically, uh, my dad's parents met in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Mm. Or wait, no, eh, Duluth. Damn it. 
no, I can't remember. I, there, there's a lot of family in Marshfield, Wisconsin. I think they met in Duluth in college. I don't know why I'm telling you this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know riveting. what to say. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it'll help you find out your own answers, Cessary. Somebody listening will be like, hey, I'm related to those people who went to college there or something. Uh, A simple saliva test You could do in the comfort of your own home (laughs) Yep, that's saliva Your kit includes full instructions A saliva collection tube Hmm. Uh, And a prepaid return mailer Saliva collection tube I expected like a swab or something But it does sound like you're spitting in a tube Yeah, Yeah, I've seen video and it's usually people awkwardly spitting into a tube. But calling it a saliva collection tube just makes it sound like it's, you know, it's like collecting coins or stamps. It makes it sound very clinical. Mm. Hmm. You'd think more people would be, uh, would know how to gracefully spit into a, a testing tube. <laughs> I, for one, don't get a whole lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. Not something I've done regularly, or indeed at all. There's the ancestry, or not the ancestry DNA. That's the one that just tells you your ancestry. But then 23andMe is supposed to tell you about your health as well. That's an extra $100, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, you read that people learn that they have a you know, genetic predisposition to certain kinds of diseases or things like that. Yep. 23andMe is saliva as well. Yeah. Ooh, it comes with a funnel. There you go. (laughs) That's luxury. Funnel slash lid. Saliva collection tube. Tube cap. Tube container. Specimen bag. Huh. It it seems like uh, a funnel and a cap, um, they they each have features that the other one shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, not really clear on how you have a, a funnel that is also a cap. I was trying to see if they showed pictures of it. Of the other one, Ancestries. I'm not seeing anything. Mm. Trait reports. Find out your likelihood of having certain characteristics. See how your DNA affects your hair color, taste preferences, and more. (laughs) Essentially what they're offering... What color is my hair going to be? This this DNA testing basically sounds like they're trying to decompile your, you know, internal programming. Mm -hmm. More or less. Mm Mm-hmm. So the reason that this is, was interesting to me is made, it made me think about um, my own ancestry and my own my legacy, um, genetic legacy. So all of my children are adopted. Um, so looking at that. Um, well, for one thing, they're all girls. 
So it seems very unlikely. Uh, well, I don't know if it's very unlikely anymore, but it's possible that the name, my last name, um, will, will not, not be, be carried passed. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless they hyphenate it because they're crazy. Because you, you, <laughs> they want to hyphenate. Want very long. <laughs> Maybe they can shorten it and hyphenate it. I don't know. But also. Uh, we, Gwen and I had some interesting discussions around that when we got married. Mm-hmm. One one of the possible options was cockle trick. <laughs> That's a cross between a cocker spaniel and a. Uh, Hard trick? A card trick. <laughs> Doing wild things in Vegas now. So, but also, genetically, my tree, unless some some miracle happens, um, genetically, my tree, my branch will end. Um, and in addition, my brother is not married and doesn't have any children, and as far as I know, will not have any children. So not only does mine end, my brother's, but also my parents'. And I don't know how to feel about that. Like, uh, you know, should we still have some kind of desire to want our, our genes to carry on? You know, is it, well, I think the theory is that we're we're like that's we're hard coded to to desire that, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're yeah, like oh, pretty much everyone feels the need to continue their genetic line. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. It's, it's something that I do think about, though, as I'm, um, you know, watching all my friends get married and have children and wondering if that's something that I would want to do someday. <laughs> and um, it, in my family, it's um, my, my sister has two kids, and uh, they are the... Um, the only, um, God, how do you describe it? They're the the only biological uh, descendants of uh, my dad's parents. Well, actually, uh, any of my grandparents uh, of that generation. Uh, my aunt has uh, an adopted daughter that's a little bit older than my sister's kids. And uh, one of our cousins uh, has, I think, two daughters now. But um, he was um, he was from my uh, my aunt's first marriage. Um, she married uh, she married my dad's brother, so he's not uh, biological descendant. He's not um, he doesn't have. Uh, the same last name. So, <clears throat> and ne- neither uh, neither of my sister's kids have uh, the same last name. They 
they don't even share a last name with each other. But um, right now they are the um, the the end of that branch, and you know who knows how that's going to end up. So I, I've thought about that sort of thing too. Third, right now, unless my other cousin decides to have kids, then that that's pretty much it. It's a little weird. Yeah. Especially since my grandpa was so into genealogy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just... It's something I just don't know how to feel about. Like, logically, you know, to, it, to me, it doesn't... It shouldn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, have, uh, yeah, I, I have kids and, and you know, they're going to carry on... Some sort of legacy for me, right? Um, it's a it's a nature versus nurture thing. Like, how much do you think that you, you know, are imparting to them actively versus that you would have passed genetically? Mm-hmm. And does that you know does that matter? I guess, but I don't know that there's a good answer. Yeah, I, I think. Um... In, in my view, the genetic angle isn't really all that important for for family. It really only comes into play for you know the genetic deep disposition to stuff. Um, this, yet I I figure if um, it, if you're really family and you you make a big impact on someone's life, that's that's a lot more important to me than than sharing a name or genetic material with them. Yeah, I agree. And I, and you know, I'm the same way on the front part of my brain, but somewhere in the back, <laughs> there's something that says it, you're you know you you've you're not fulfilling your your duty or whatever. Yeah, sure. So well, like the lizard yeah. brain. Yeah. You know, that's, well, that's it, basically what it is. You know, do do I have genes that should be passed on? You know, like I, I'm not. How, <laughs> how do I say it without being uh, a total jerk bag? But I'm <laughs> I, I'm a fairly intelligent person, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And it's a joke, the classic joke that goes around, but you know, you see a lot of people having kids that, uh, you say, well, they shouldn't be having kids, basically. <laughs> or, <laughs> um, yeah, essentially it's like the beginning of idiocracy. Sure. But then again, at the same time, you know, I've seen uh, a lot of kids came from parents who, um, weren't all that book smart and those kids turned out to be, you know, extremely book smart. Yeah. And, so, and the opposite too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that genetic thing. So again, logically, genetically, it doesn't make that much difference. You know, you can, uh, uh, how do I say it? Overcome the deficiencies of your parents' genetics, I guess. 
I like to think that, you know, it's basically the entire universe is one big optimization problem, and we're just trying to figure out, we're trying to solve for X, and we're trying to figure out all the different permutations. We're basically brute forcing the the solution to, like, the problem of life. Okay. That's that's my that's my slightly like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What is the ultimate question? Theory. Yeah, slightly. Huh? But if you think about it, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you think about anything, if long you think enough, about, yeah, which I apparently have. Well, but it it ties in with natural selection a little bit, and the idea that you know the traits that help you survive are the ones that win out, and it is essentially you know were built on top of all the successful traits from previous generations. So it is kind of like we're built, you know, gradually. I don't know that we'll ever reach an end, you know, or whatever, but it is that we're figuring out what the optimal, I don't know, life form is, I guess. Are, are in, we some, s- in some form or fashion. Maybe that's a little too humanist. Are we still doing that? I don't know, but the the only um, I, I guess probably clickbait uh, kind of deal. Uh, but the the only thing I've ever seen about that is uh, about people uh, getting taller and prettier, and I, of course the. Well, what, what does that matter? But yeah, the the trend towards increasing height has been kind of interesting to me because I wonder what is necessarily driving that. I don't know. I guess it's just that we tend to get gradually, you know, people get gradually taller and then they reproduce and have kids that are predisposed to be taller and so on and so forth. But I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the uh, uh, people getting more attractive thing is completely subjective anyway. Yeah. But, like, th- those are the, the only two things I've ever seen anybody talk about with uh, regards to, um, um, I, I'm using Merlin quotes here, improvements. Because, you know, being taller, um, I, I guess we have ladders. So I, I'm not entirely sure yeah, how I'm, that, I'm not how sure that what, allows you to pass on your genetic material any more efficiently. Yeah, there's things that it's like, I'm not sure that's an evolutionary advantage, yeah. but it's an interesting trend. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, too, it's, you know, there are a lot of taller people that have more problems with their joints and things like that, too. So Yes, yes, we not. do. Yeah, perhaps that's not. It's even you know a slight disadvantage. But mm-hmm. well, it. I mean, really, um, those those kinds of problems don't end up showing up until a little bit later, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it as far as um, evolution is involved it it really only matters up until you have offspring and you know once you die 
uh, th- that could be 10 seconds later, but you, you've still passed on your, your DNA. Mm-hmm. So it, it's getting up to that point. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. So one of the jokes people were kicking around was that they're going to take the, these, all these samples and use it to clone people. But so that to me that raises a question do you who owns your DNA I guess that's that's probably in their terms of service mm-hmm. <laughs> that they you probably are signing over some right to them to do whatever they want to do with it Well and you you leave your DNA everywhere you go Yeah if somebody, although that's you know that's complicated because they don't know who's it is necessarily. It's true. I mean, you know, unless they're following you around and sweeping it up. Well, I guess that would explain all those fans I've been seeing lately. Hmm. What does this have to do with shoes? <laughs> what does anything have to do with shoes? 